But hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. I personally think that these are some really good stories, so I think you're going to like this one. Before I start though, I just wanted to say, if you have your own personal true scary story, you should consider sending it to me at my website at southerncannibal.com. Since I do this full time, I always need stories. And if you've already sent me a story that maybe I haven't used, don't worry. Just because I haven't used it yet doesn't mean I'm not going to. Anyways, I hope you all enjoy this one, and remember to always stay hungry. I'm a 17-year-old girl who would babysit for a family I knew well. My younger sister was friends with the little boy from the family. We'll call him Chris for privacy reasons. I was really close with Chris's younger sister, Lily, which is the main reason their mother had asked me to babysit for them. I was honestly excited, as I really enjoyed spending time with Lily, and Chris too. Their mom was going out to dinner with friends, and she wouldn't be home until much later in the night. The night of babysitting approached, and everything had been fine. I had been playing some Minecraft with the two of them for quite a while, and later ordered a pizza for us all to share. Eventually 9pm approached, and it was the kids' bedtime. The excitement must have wiped them out because they didn't fight me at all on the curfew. Once they were both asleep in their rooms, I sat on the couch in the living room and watched Netflix. Behind the living room was the staircase leading to the upstairs, so from where I was sitting, I could see if someone went upstairs. I was about halfway into an episode of my show when I then heard footsteps coming from down the stairs, assuming it was either Chris or Lily. I called out both of their names. No answer. I had guessed I either imagined it, or it was just one of them getting up to use the bathroom or something. I continued to watch my show, until I saw something in the reflection of the grandfather clock right next to the TV. There was a faint outline of a little girl leaning over the railing of the stairs. I was relaxed initially, as I figured it was just Lily who had woken up. I turned from the couch to look at the stairs, only to be met with an empty staircase. There was nobody there. I whipped my head back around to face the grandfather clock, and the reflection was gone. I felt my stomach plummet, and my heartbeat started to spike. Unnerved, I paused the TV and looked back at the staircase. Nothing. Maybe the reflection had just been from the TV, and I had been mistaken. That was the only plausible explanation. The only way I was going to find out for sure, though, is if I checked both kids. Reluctantly, I got up and I walked up the staircase. I opened the door to Chris's room to find him sound asleep. I then made my way over to Lily's room, only to find her asleep as well. I walked further into her room just to double check if she was really fully asleep, and she was. My heart still racing. I was simply left confused. What the hell had I seen in the reflection if Lily was genuinely asleep? I turned to leave the room, only to stop dead in my tracks. There was a girl standing in the hallway. A girl who definitely wasn't Lily. She was sickeningly pale and wearing a white nightgown. I felt like my heart was going to come up my throat. Frozen in fear, it took a few seconds to come back to reality and then slam the door and lock it. I just stood there leaning against the door for a solid minute, heart racing, breathing heavy. That's when I then heard a knock on the door, 
and I jumped, screaming bloody murder. Hey, it's just me, I heard Chris say from the other side of the door. A huge wave of relief then washed over me, and I opened the door. He had just stared at me, watching me in this unnerved state, with wide eyes and a concerned look. What's wrong? He asked me. Lily had woken up as well, sitting up in bed with a confused expression. I didn't want to scare either of them, so I lied. I was just watching a scary movie downstairs when I came up to check on you guys, and I guess I was just caught off guard. Sorry for waking you. They both went back to bed, and I returned back downstairs to try and become calm again. I resumed my TV show. I was reaching the end when I suddenly had the urge to look in the reflection once again. Big mistake. I looked back, only to see the clear face of a young girl. The one from the hallway. I paused my show immediately and sprung off the couch. I sprinted out of the house and went out to my car, locking the doors. With shaking hands, I called my mom and then told her everything that happened. She sounded skeptical, and I'm still unsure to this day if she believes me but she then insisted that I don't leave Chris or Lily alone. I really didn't want to leave them, but I didn't want to be in the house with this ghost either. After talking on the phone, my mom agreed to stay on the phone with me while I stayed there until their mother had come back home. After that night, their mother had asked me to babysit again, but I turned her down politely. It's not that I didn't like the kids. There was just no way in hell I was going to deal with that again. I had decided to do some research on the history of the house to see if I was simply delusional or if there was in fact a paranormal presence in the house. And to my horror, I'd found an article about the house where a little girl had passed away from pneumonia. She had passed away in what was currently Lily's room and it was the same exact face that I'd seen in the reflection of the grandfather clock. Hell no. At the time of this story, I was a 16-year-old high school student. I got a babysitting job for a couple at a family wedding, and they needed a babysitter for a super late night. I was referred to them by another family that I used to sit for. Keep in mind, this was when cell phones were just coming out, so I had a super crappy flip phone with a certain amount of minutes. There were three kids. The oldest was a boy about eight, middle boy about six, and little girl who was a toddler in diapers and couldn't speak. I came while the sun was still up to meet the kids while the parents were still there. The parents were so cool. They showed me where all the snacks were and they gave me the ground rules for the night. Kids in bed by 7.30, teeth brushed. You know the drill. Once they left, we started off eating dinner. To my shock, the middle child who we'll call Teddy kept throwing his fork super hard at his siblings and pinching his sister with his nails. He kept kicking my shins and throwing his food around the room. The moment his parents left, he became a terror. Their house was old but remodeled, so their toys were in the basement playroom. So after dinner, we all went into the basement to play. As soon as we went down the stairs, it felt wrong. Don't get me wrong, It was a beautiful finished basement with a couch, flat screen, and toys, but something just felt really creepy about it. Then the little girl kept pointing at a blank wall, one with no pictures or anything on it, and then kept screaming at the top of her lungs and crying. 
it really unnerved me. At this point, I'm getting a really bad feeling. So I say, let's go upstairs and watch TV till bedtime. The kids seem to love that idea. So I carry the little girl upstairs and turn the TV on for the three of them and go back down to grab her favorite stuffed dog and clean up a bit. When I turned around to walk upstairs, I then see Teddy smiling a sickening smile at the top of the stairs. He had his hands on the light switch. My stomach dropped. I didn't have my phone or a light if this little shit locks me down here, I thought. The light switch is at the top of the stairs outside of the stairway, so if he closed that door, I was screwed. He flicks off the lights, cackles, and goes to slam the door and lock me in the dark basement. I had never moved so fast in my existence. I flew up the stairs and shoved my hand in the door to keep him from locking me in there. I asked him why he did that and then yelled at him to never do it again. And all he did was smile at me, then slowly walk away, giggling. I iced my hand and watched him closely for the rest of the night. Bedtime comes around and I put the kids to bed upstairs without any problems. There were three bedrooms upstairs, parents' room at the end of the long hall, the baby girl's room in the middle, and the boys shared a room with a bunk bed at the end of the hall by the top of the stairs. Everything finally seemed quiet, and I began to forget all about the horrors from earlier and began watching TV. About an hour after I put her down, the baby girl started screaming again through the baby monitor, a scream that sounds like she's in pain. Thinking her brother Teddy is bothering her, I run up the stairs to stop him. As soon as I get to the top of the stairs, I see him laying down on his bed facing the wall. The baby is hysterical and is again pointing at nothing and crying. I'm freaked the fuck out by now. I rock the baby back to sleep, check on the boys, then return to the living room. What the hell is happening? Am I imagining these things? I shake it off and turn the TV back on. This is when the night goes from bad to a fucking nightmare. Once back in the living room, I start to hear screaming every couple of minutes. What sounds like a grown man screaming in pain. At first, I thought I was outside, or maybe a TV or radio. So I just ignored it and kept watching TV. Or maybe my imagination. But soon it became clear that it wasn't a joke, or it wasn't my imagination. It was coming from inside the house. Then I hear footsteps. I hear what sounds like little feet running upstairs in the hallway. For a second, I'm not scared anymore. I'm angry that Teddy's out of bed two plus hours after bedtime. I go to the bottom of the stairs and holler up Teddy's name and tell him to go to bed. I don't hear a response, but I hear the footsteps continue. Then I hear what I think is him running into his parents' room at the other end of the hall, feet pounding down the hallway as clear as day. So I run upstairs, thinking I caught him in the act. The hall was empty and dark. I turn and find that Teddy's sitting up in his bed, just staring at me again with that sickening smile. I could see that his brother was asleep on the top bunk, and I could see his baby sister asleep on the baby monitor in my hand. He gave me the creeps. I tell him to lay down, and I go back downstairs to the middle floor. I then hear someone walking up from the basement, and I just lost it. I slam and lock the basement door, and I call my house number. My brother answers, and I tell him I'm scared. He then puts me on speaker, 
and I explain everything to my family. Now, I babysit every weekend, and I've never had a negative experience or called them like this. So luckily, my family believed me. My grandpa, being a super religious man, prayed with me, and he calmed me down. My big brother got in his car to come and sit with me until the parents got home. But the town I was in was a bit of a drive, so he told me he'd be there in about 40 minutes. Even after we hung up, I could still hear the footsteps running around the house. I'm not a religious person, but I sat on the couch and prayed and cried. I've never been so scared in my life. I was terrified. The parents actually came home before my brother got there, and they saw I had been crying. They asked me what happened, and I told them everything non-supernatural that happened, because I didn't want them to think I was a crazy person, or tell people not to hire me. I just wasn't going to mention it at all. So I just said Teddy was a handful, and that was it. As I was leaving, the dad then said in a dead serious voice, Did the ghost bother you? I then slowly turned to him, not fully believing him. I asked him if he was serious. He then said, Oh, I'm being serious. We've kind of had a ghost problem for a while now. Did you experience anything yourself? I broke down and started crying, and I gave them an honest recap of the night. I told them about the screams I heard clear as day, the footsteps, everything. How the baby was crying at the wall, and how Teddy tried locking me in the basement. They believed me right away. The parents said they moved into the house about two years ago, after the man who built the house died in it. He was an actual hoarder, and he apparently fell, and he injured himself in the basement, and he ended up dying among his piles. And since no one could hear him scream, they didn't find him in time. By all accounts from the neighborhood, he was a mean recluse of a man. Either way, what a terrible way to go. They said they would wake up every night to things flying off in the kitchen counters and the door slamming. They would hear knocks and pounding in the walls. I was shocked. I asked why they stayed in the house if they knew it was haunted. They explained they weren't able to move due to their jobs and current financial situation. And I have to admit that though it wasn't huge, it was an absolutely beautifully built home. The old construction kind of home with bookshelves built on the walls and a winding grand staircase. The dad said he would go downstairs every night for a year and say, Go away. This is our home now. You aren't welcome here. Over and over. He said that eventually the activity stopped. They said it only sparked up when someone new would stay in the house, or when they had a sitter at night. They said this since I knew the truth now, that they would pay me extra to come back, because they could never keep a babysitter. Yeah, right, I thought. I'm never coming back here. But I said I'd be in touch, and I ran out of the house. I had to wait for my brother in their driveway, and he followed me home. I'm really ashamed to say that I never answered their calls again. I felt bad, but there was no way in hell I'd ever return there. I do still babysit every once in a while, and I've never had an experience like that since. I do still think of those kids sometimes, and I really do think that Teddy was being affected by the spirit in the house. I've never encountered a child so cruel, so negative thinking of his little smile, still sends a chill down my back. I really hope they were able to move or clear the negative energy. Either way, it's one night I'll never forget.
An 11-year-old child should never know the trauma of what occurred seven Septembers ago. It was one day before spooky season, September 30th. I was babysitting my best friend's child, Dominic. I called him Dami. I knew Dami his whole life. I was even at the hospital when he was born. He called me Aunt Claire Claire, short for Clarissa. I kept him once before, but it was short-lived. He was struck with a stomach bug, and I ended up taking him home. This time, though, Dami was healthier and happier than ever, excited to stay with me. I lived in a small cottage-style home with three bedrooms. It was located at the end of a spacey cul-de-sac, giving me the privacy that I craved. Behind my house, beyond the wooden fence, was hundreds of acres of wooded area, making for quiet nights. Back then, I really loved quiet nights. I remember the smell of spaghetti as Dami wolfed down two big bowls. I was really surprised at how much he ate. I was really proud that he loved my cooking and even sent a boastful text to his mom. He settled down in his pajamas and curled up on the couch. It was about 9pm when I sat next to him. I was a part-time student with a full-time job, so I was really exhausted. I looked at Dami and I asked, Well, is it time for bed yet? Maybe for you, he responded in a sassy, playful voice. I had a real sweet spot for Dami, and I still do. I allowed him to stay up a little bit longer, but I told him to be in bed by 10.30. He agreed, and he continued watching his show. Shortly after, I went to my room and cracked the door. As tired as I was, I probably fell asleep as soon as my head hit the pillow. I remember having a bad dream before Dami woke me up by shaking my bed. He then let out an aggressive whisper, Aunt Claire Claire, wake up. I was startled so badly that I let out a yelp. Yeah, baby, what's wrong? I asked. I'm, I'm hungry, he said. He sounded strange, almost like he was frightened. Hungry? I asked. You ate two big bowls of spaghetti. I know. He paused and looked at me with frightened eyes. I want more. Looking back, I'm really ashamed to say that I was upset with him and that I took an angry tone. Now, I'm not a morning person, and certainly not a wake-me-up-in-the-middle-of-night person. Dommy, it's nearly midnight. You promised to be in bed. Call it a night and I'll make you some breakfast in the morning. I jerked the blankets and then rolled over, shutting my eyes. Not ten seconds passed before he shook the bed again, whispering, I really need a bowl of spaghetti. Right now. I turned over, not believing how difficult he was being. He had never misbehaved like this and was always polite. I stared at him in disbelief. Ah, fine, I said, crawling out of bed. I walked with him through the dark house to the kitchen. Before we could make it to the fridge, he grabbed my wrist. He stared at me with tears in his eyes. His little body trembled and squatted down. What's wrong, Dami? And he then whispered something that shook my core. There's a man in your bedroom. He's under your bed. What? No. I said in disbelief. No one's under my bed. There is. I don't want him to know that I know. I had to get you in here. As Dami finished his sentence, we then heard a rustling down the hallway. The noise coming from my room. We were both paralyzed in fear. 
We had no idea what to do. Dami began crying, which boosted me into action. I scooped him up and unlocked the back door. I jetted and entered the pitch black backyard. Once I was out there holding Dami, my heart dropped as I came to a realization. My cell phone was on the dresser next to my bed. As quickly as I could, I then ran with Dami right through a side gate and into the front yard. I stubbed my toe on something. I can still remember how terribly it hurt, but I kept moving. I saw my destination down the street, my closest neighbor. The garage door was open, and I saw the silhouette of a man inside of it. It was the longest, most terrifying run of my life. There was nothing but blackness around me as my bare feet ran on the pavement. I almost expected to be tackled by the intruder that was inside my house, but I wasn't. I made it to my neighbor's house and called the police. The police came, lights and sirens. They checked inside my house, but they didn't find the intruder. They did, however, find that my bedroom window was wide open. The strange man likely fled into the woods after hearing Dami and I's conversation. To this day, I don't know who was under my bed or how or when they got there. For a really long time, I convinced myself that it was my crazy ex-boyfriend Drew from a few years back. But I changed my mind after running into Drew at an olive garden where he then introduced me to his wife. I dream of different endings to my experience. Oftentimes I wake up in a trembling sweat because Dami and I were killed violently. I don't sleep much anymore. Dami's mom and I aren't as close as we used to be. We only text when I ask how Dami's doing. She says that Dami still loves me but he'll never, ever stay with me again. And I can't say I blame him. This happened in the mid-80s. I was about seven years old at the time. I was with two of my older sisters, eight and eleven, and my two cousins who were seven and eight. All five girls. My eleven-year-old sister was in charge of babysitting us four younger girls. You have to picture what our house looked like in order to understand what happened. It was a two-story box of a house with a flat roof and a small box front porch, also with a flat roof. I can't remember what we were doing, but we were all in the house. We kept hearing noises coming from the roof, like walking, and what sounded like rocks being dropped down the downspouts. You know, kids, we thought it was a squirrel or something, but it kept happening. Then my older sister said something about how maybe someone climbed the huge tree right beside the house and got on the roof or something. We were all kind of scared because we knew that there was a roof access point right in the bedroom that I shared with one of my sisters. What if they could get inside? My older sister told my other sister and cousin to walk across the street to the corner store and on the way back, look up and see if they could see someone on the roof. So as you can imagine... The smart girls walked halfway across the parking lot, turned around, and looked up and saw a guy in one of those totally 80s crop top football jerseys. Think Johnny Depp in A Nightmare on Elm Street. The girls came running home freaking out, and they told my older sister about the guy they saw. My older sister, also freaking out, first went to the neighbor's house to use their deck to see if she could see on our roof, but she couldn't see anything. She then came home and she went to call the police, and it felt like it took them ages to show up. When they arrived, I don't think they believed a single word we said. 
One cop drove down the road up a hill about a block away to see if they could see anything. They couldn't see our house. Then these cops tell us kids that we had to go upstairs and check everywhere to see if we found anyone. Yeah, us five little girls from 7 to 11 went upstairs scared shitless to go look for this man. To this day, I can still remember how scared I was. I remember looking, but how well do little kids actually look, right? The cops didn't listen to us, didn't check out the house, inside or out, and then left. We were so scared shitless to be left home with the guy out there, who the hell knows where. We don't know if he was just laying down on the roof or jumped down. My mom finally got home and we told her what happened, and my mom told us kids that there was actually a lock on the roof's access and that no one could get in, but she did check anyways. She went to check outside and there were clear footprints in the dirt dug in good from him jumping on the roof onto the porch and then off into the flower bed. My mom was so pissed off when she realized we told the truth and that we weren't believed by the police. We went to the police station the next day and we were all separated and interviewed. We all told the same story. Everything my mom said to the cops went in one ear and right out the other. We later found out that one of the cops that came to the house that day actually specialized in working with kids. Well... I'd say he did a really shitty job at that. So yeah, we never found out who the hell the guy was and why the fuck he was up on our roof. It still really creeps me out though thinking about it, just wondering why he was there.